0: Welcome, uh, Brother G, Um, and his brother, I forgot um, his name, uh, Utsile. Brother G and Utsile and Lydia with uh, Rory in the cry room, Um, such a blessing to have you with us, and we pray that uh, it will be a blessing to you, even as you join us for um, the listening of God's word as we worship God in listening to his word. And um, it's a blessing even to see uh, Mr. Peary uh, feeling well and uh, having recovered and being with us even this morning. So such a joy um, to see the church family um, even this morning. As we continue with our series on um, Jesus unveiled um, or the unveiling of, of, of Jesus, um, um, we're looking at the I am sayings. So now we, we, we are in chapter 10. We look at Jesus Christ. In chapter 10, we read verse 7 and verse 9. Jesus reveals himself as a door. Um, look at verse, um, last week we looked at, um, we, we read from verse 1 to verse 18 of chapter 10. Today I just want to read verse 7 and verse 9. So let us read from God's word. This is God's word. Let us hear him. John chapter 10, verse 7. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. Verse 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And this is, is God's Word. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, we thank you for your word this morning. We pray that you open our hearts to receive your word, to understand your word, to act upon your word, to rejoice even as you show us Christ. We pray, Father, glorify your name even this morning as we hear your word. Help me as well to communicate your word clearly. And with power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. We've seen Jesus last week introducing himself as the shepherd. And today in these two verses, Jesus makes the ex- exclusive claim saying, I am the door of the sheep. These in, in, in this time that Jesus was speaking in, in this context, there were two kinds of sheepfolds in ancient Palestine. And Jesus refers to to both in this chapter. In the the first figure of speech from verse 1, Jesus made use of a more durable structure in the towns. It was a high-walled sheep pen with a paid guard into which all the shepherds would bring their flocks at night. But now he refers to a more simple sheepfold out in the fields. These were smaller and less substantial, and were used for the sheep's safety at night. The the, the key feature of these sheep pens was that they did not have a a door, uh, only an open space in the wall of piled rocks. Just imagine piled rocks in the field, and there's an open space. There's no door. And after bringing in his sheep, the shepherd would lay his own body across that space so that he slept in the entry. He himself became the door. Which means that no sheep goes out of the sheep pen except across the shepherd's body. And no wolf comes in without having to deal with a shepherd first. This is the idea that Jesus has in mind. Simply put, he's the door to which we must enter the kingdom of God. There is no other door besides him. When he says, I am the door, that is the picture that must come to mind. So, as we look at his declaration of himself being the door here, we also see three promises that he makes. Three promises from Jesus. He makes the, the promise of salvation, the promise of safety and the promise of satisfaction. Let us look at the first promise, the promise of of salvation. Look at verse 9. He says, I'm the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. You see, the promise of salvation is extended to anyone who enters by him. And I want you to know two things here. First, the, the, the fact that this call is extended to anyone. In other words, all kinds of people can enter. This is the heart of Christ with regards to who is to make up the number of those who are called his disciples, those who identify with him. What stands out among these people is not anything to do with their level of education. It is not anything to do with their social status, their family background, or the shade of pigment on their skin. What stands out about the disciples of Christ is that they are sinners in need of grace. To put it differently, it is not their achievement that brings them together, but their desperateness. It's like we are all sitting on a table arrayed with all kinds of mouth-watering delicacies and none of us contributed anything for any of that food. We have nothing to bring except our appetites. So this call that Christ makes should bring joy to the one who hears it because he is not looking for something in you that qualifies you for the call because if that was the case, there would be nothing to qualify you. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We fall short of the glory of God. There's nobody who who, who can reach the standard that God has set. So in other words, the effectiveness of the call is not based on the one who is being called, but based on the one who is doing the call. It is effective, not because there's something in you that will make you respond to the call, not because you are able by yourself to respond to the call, but because of the one who is calling, it is effective, because he is the one who's able to produce faith in your heart. So this call is extended to anyone. Second thing I want you to note about this call is its its exclusiveness. He says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. The words enters by me emphasize that Christ is the only door um, we are called to enter through. In other words, he's the only savior of mankind. Acts chapter 4 verse 12 echoes the very same idea. It says there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Many people claim to be Christians, but their claims are not based on the fact that they have believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Some say I'm a Christian because I grew up in a Christian family, or I'm a Christian because I go to church, or I'm a Christian because I am baptized, I was baptized, therefore I'm a Christian. But, but the Bible is clear. Salvation is not by family relations or attendance of church. Even though that is good, you should attend church. Or, or salvation is not being, it, it does not come by being baptized, but it is exclusively in Christ alone. Christ says, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved. The, this salvation that Jesus speaks of is first and foremost salvation from the wrath of God. That there is no way we can escape the wrath of God unless we are in Christ. You see, you can escape a lot of things in life. You can escape test collectors by fleeing the country. You can escape a bad reputation by leaving town. You can escape a harsh boss by changing jobs. But we, where will you go to escape the burning wrath of God? Where shall I go from your spirit, is the cry of David. Or where can I flee from your presence? And, and, and we see that David says, that there's no way I, I, I can go that, that you are not there. You are, you are all present. I cannot escape from you. Even if I, 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 I change uh, jobs and I, and I run away from the country, even if I leave town, you are there. Where can you go to escape the wrath of God? Jesus gives the answer in three simple words. Enter by me. Enter by me. To, to enter by him is to put our faith in him to believe that he has kept the law of God perfectly on our behalf, to believe that he has, has accomplished all that was needed for our salvation on the cross, by his death on the cross, his burial and his resurrection. If if anyone enters by me, Jesus says, He will be saved. Doesn't say if anybody goes to church, they will be saved. doesn't say, if you are born in a Christian family, you will be saved. He doesn't say, if you are baptized, you will be saved. He says, if you enter by me. So the first promise that Jesus makes is that, is that of salvation. And secondly, he makes the promise of safety. The, the promise of safety. Look at verse 9 again. He says, I am the, the door. If anyone enters by me, He will be saved, that's the promise of of salvation, and will go in and out. The promise of safety. Jesus says that one who has entered through him has found salvation. Then he says in addition, and will go in and out. This is a picture of perfect security and liberty in the Lord. The one who enters by Jesus has the liberty to to, 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 to come in and go out. This is an Old Testament expression often used in political and military context to, to refer to leadership. For example, in Deuteronomy 30, uh, 31 verse, verse 2, um, the, the, the NIV paraphrases it as to, to lead you. But it is also used elsewhere in a more general sense to to refer to the entirety of one's daily activities. Jesus's sheep have the freedom to live their lives in his presence. Both their going out and their coming in is through him. In, in this way, he fulfills the type of of Joshua as described by Moses in the Old Testament. And and just just even. Um, to explain this, that Jesus, the, word, the name Jesus is actually the name Joshua in Greek. So in Numbers chapter 27, verse 15 and 17, listen to what the Bible says. It says, Moses said to the Lord, may the Lord, the God of the spirits of all mankind, appoint a man over this community to go out and come in before them. One who will lead them out and bring them in so the lost people will not be like sheep without a shepherd the, the the freedom of of jesus's sheep to go out and and come in reflects jesus' own freedom for for they are going out and they are coming in are not their own but are a part of their following of him. The phrase could also have the idea that they go into the presence of God by faith to, to worship, and they go out into the world to witness for the Lord. And isn't that true of those who have found Christ to be a refuge? Those who were, as Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 says, describes them as harassed, and helpless like sheep without a shepherd but have now experienced the compassion of the shepherd of the good shepherd when that is the case the, the desire is to go out and and tell it on the mountains right to to, to go and tell it on the mountains to tell the lost uh, those who are harassed by sin helpless from the control of the world and satan and the flesh that jesus christ is lord to tell the world that Jesus Christ is the good shepherd who invites, them, um, who invites them to enter through him, to be part of his flock, and to find him to be a refuge and safety. We, we, we do this because we are confident that his promises carry the stamp of his character. Just as he is truth, he cannot lie. So his promises are true and cannot be broken. So when we go out and, and, and to tell the world about him, we must know that those who truly put their trust in him will find him to be what he says he is and even more. So we shouldn't be afraid when we go out to evangelize, to, to make disciples. We, we must have this truth In our heads and hearts as we reach out to people knowing that God is who he says he is. We are not inviting them to a a vain life. But we are inviting them to a good shepherd who is the door of the sheep. So Jesus makes this promise of salvation and he makes a promise of safety. And thirdly, he makes the promise that those who are in him will find true satisfaction. True satisfaction. Look at verse 9 again. He says, If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will, will go in and out and find pasture. He makes the promise of salvation. He says they will be saved and they will go in and out, at safety, and find pasture, satisfaction. You see, happy is the sheep that is a good shepherd for it shall not go hungry? those who are in Jesus will not will not only find salvation and safety but they will also be satisfied. The question is, do you fear that by committing yourself to Jesus you will lose all the joy of living for him of, of, of living? Do you think that while gaining? the life to come, you will lose the pleasures of this present life. If so, I would ask you to consider whether people in this world are really happy. You you might know people who are committed to seeking pleasures through sinful and self-serving lifestyles. Are are they really happy? Does their association produce satisfaction? And if this is you, the question is, are sins, pleasures making you happy and satisfied? Speaking of worldly pleasures, Jesus once said in John chapter 13, John chapter 4, verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. Then he added in verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty. Again, the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The the, the truth is, as as Leon Morris puts it, the Christian life is an exuberant affair, full of joy in the Lord and, and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine a life in which God's power is working in your heart for blessings, can you deny what a joy it would be to grow in faith in hope and and love does your spirit rejoice in the thought of having communion with god Do, do, do you rejoice when you think about communion with god about drawing nearer to god do you do you do you rejoice do you well up with joy in your heart what jesus offers is very different from what the world offers here. And what Jesus offers is the very best. His sheep will go in and out and find pasture. He says again in verse 10, I came that they may have life and and have it abundantly. So Jesus makes these promises, and and these promises, as he himself is the door, are, are connected to his character character of him being the truth unable to lie unable to break any promises that when we draw near to him these promises will find we will find them to be true the promise of salvation when you draw near to him when you enter by him And, and and I wonder if you are here this morning and have you believed in him? Have you entered by him? Have you put your life uh, to Christ and trusted him with your life? Have you, uh, have you thought about what he has done on the cross, his death on the cross for sin? Has that uh, changed your life? Have you thought about his resurrection, that he rose again to make us right with God for our justification? Have you thought about that? Are you here this morning and you have not entered? The Bible describes you, if you have not entered by Christ, as sheep without a shepherd, as harassed and helpless. But on the other hand, the call of Jesus Christ still stands fresh with joy fresh in its sweetness he calls you this morning if you enter by me you will be saved and you will go in and out and find pasture amen our dear Heavenly Father Lord we thank you we thank you for your word thank you that you are faithful Lord even as you reveal yourself to us as a door Knowing that we have protection in you. We have safety in you. And security. Salvation. And our hearts are satisfied. You are enough. You are sufficient for us. Lord, I pray from this morning for those who don't know you. Who have not found you as Lord and Savior. I pray that they will respond by believing. Entering by you. Lord, speak to our hearts this morning. Rejoice our hearts over this very truth. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.